The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. Hi, welcome back. Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Oh, I'll get that out in a minute. <laughs> Rebel Yell Hotline. Tongue-tied. The, the powerful new Samsung Galaxy Note 10 is finally here, and C Spire is celebrating with an equally powerful deal. For a limited time, buy the Galaxy Note 10 and get $750 off your choice of Samsung Galaxy devices. C Spire, customer inspired. All right, let's go to the control room now with uh, Jack Schultz and Old Moose. Sports news. Take it away, Will. It's time now for Ole Miss Sports News, brought to you by Rebel Rags on Jackson Avenue, Oxford. Tell them about it, Molly. Rebel Rags. Anything, everything, Ole Miss. As you all know, the Ole Miss football team got a much-needed win before a pretty good crowd in its home opener against Arkansas on Saturday. The Rebel defense was stout for the second week in a row under new defensive coordinator Mike McIntyre giving up just 61 yards rushing and one offensive touchdown to the Razorbacks. The offense, meanwhile, improved drastically from Week 1 to Week 2, led, of course, by Matt Corral. The freshman quarterback went 16 for 24 for 246 yards and two scores with no interceptions and getting sacked just once. He connected with Elijah Moore seven times, totaling 130 yards and two touchdowns. Corral also rushed 10 times for 46 yards. The performance earned Corral SEC Freshman of the Week honors. On the ground, Scotty Phillips rushed 26 times for 143 yards and two scores of his own. A very balanced attack from Rich Rodriguez and the Ole Miss offense. Now 1-1 overall, 1-0 in SEC play, Matt Luke and company prepare to face Southeast Louisiana at 3 p.m. on Saturday. The Lions are 1-0 after defeating Jacksonville State 35-14 in the opener. 
they had Saturday off after their contest with Bethune-Cookman was canceled by Hurricane Dorian. In other Ole Miss news, the soccer team improved to 5-1 on the season, winning a pair of wild contests in Kentucky last week. On Thursday, the Rebels beat Western Kentucky 1-0 in double overtime on a penalty kick from Channing Foster. Yesterday, Matt Mott's team stole a 5-4 win at Murray State, completing a come-from-behind victory. The volleyball team bounced back in New Orleans this weekend, winning the Sugar Bowl Classic with three straight wins, including a five-set thriller over tournament host Tulane. They head to Central Arkansas for three more matches this weekend. That's the latest news around Oxford. I'm Jack Schultz. Back to your hosts, Chuck and Yancey. All right, thank you, Jack. Appreciate it, buddy. Good job as usual. Yancey, a really big recruiting weekend this weekend. Why don't you give us two or three minutes on – Get us updated on uh, all the recruits that came in. Yeah, Chuck, there are probably 50, 60 uh, good recruits in town, and we'll kind of highlight about 15 of them. Going with the committed guys to Ole Miss, uh, can never leave them out. I know a lot of fans like to take them for granted, but Jabari Small is having a dynamic year for Briarcrest right now, running back. Jacavion Brown and Josiah Hayes out of Horn Lake, you know, big-time players there. And Eli Acker out of Columbus, Mississippi. Um, some of the some of the seniors uh, right now that Ole Miss is really on hard, uh, trying to flip a couple guys are Emmanuel Forbes and Lakeetrick, uh Tulu Griffin that are committed to Mississippi State. Forbes is from uh, Grenada. Griffin's from Philadelphia, and then Chris Washington, offensive lineman out of Nashville that Ole Miss has liked a lot. is committed to Miami. One to keep an eye on. Reggie Grimes out of Murfreesboro, uh, uh, Tennessee. Um, you know, borderline five-star guy. been ranked five-star most of the time. I think right now he's a high four-star. He was in town with his buddy. That's another top 100 guy out of the junior class, Junior Colson. Amari Thomas, who a lot of people uh, feel like Ole Miss is in the lead with. That's Jabari Small's teammate, big 6'5", 300-pound defensive lineman out of Briarcrest, was also back in town this weekend along with very maybe the most important recruit because we all know the two senior tight ends are leaving this year and J.J. Piggies out of Oxford, Mississippi that a lot of people said Auburn's had a lot of momentum with, so it was good to get him back on campus. Sophomore Kamari Rogers ranked one of the top 50 players in the country out of Holmes County Central uh, there in Lexington, Mississippi. And then um, Ole Miss uh, offered a kid out of um, – out of Bay Springs, Mississippi, uh, Ty Jones, and we all know uh, Cody Pruitt came from there, that area, so it's kind of interesting. They actually offered him during that weekend. So there was uh, a lot of big-time recruits there. Uh, I've heard a lot of good comments uh, from sources and from the players about the atmosphere. The players were, uh, you know, putting up on, on social media, video in the atmosphere, the pregame and stuff. So, Kudos to the Ole Miss fans for making it a good atmosphere and uh, things, uh, you know, going really well over the weekend. And I think for all those defensive guys, too, seeing Ole Miss, you know, they played well against Memphis, but continuing that against Arkansas is going to make it an easier sell because that's really where they're going to focus on for the three or four scholarships they have left in this 2020 class is on the defensive side of the ball. Good job. Appreciate that. Good good update there. Uh Yancey, um, the students showed out. I mean, they showed up yeah. in, in large numbers Saturday night. Yeah, they did. I was glad, so glad to see that. Now, they didn't stay for the whole game, but I think that's a trend nationwide. It's hard. I mean, people complain, but when you have 40-minute halftime, so I mean, yeah. you, know, you got yeah. the Grove next door and your phones and everybody's there and you can't get on the Internet because of the, 
You know, everybody's trying to get on that sale. It's hard to keep them in the second half, not only at Ole Miss, but all over the country. Yeah, now, if you, if you got a big-time, you know, game that is going to come down in the doubt at the end of the game, I, I see some of them stay. But that's just something that's going around the country. The only only way to fix that, I think, is to make the half times a lot shorter. But would that be healthy for the game of football? I doubt it. Yeah, I, I, I like the game atmosphere as well, uh, not having so many – on-field presentations. I think we had two um, and cut cut out about six of them. Thank goodness. Um, I, I think those were the lights, the, the music uh, sounded crisper. Uh, I thought the whole um, selection of how they did the entertainment in general was definitely a, uh, a notch above of where it's been in the past. I did too. So. I thought kudos to those guys that that did that. Yeah, were I, part of that. Much better, and uh, fans showed up, and the, and the Rebels showed out. and uh, Ice got T doing the, the jumbo, the hotty yeah. toddy. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. All right, we'll be right back after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Motors Mississippi Rebel Yo Hotline. Hang tight. Make 2019 a special year with a new vehicle from Cannon Chevrolet. We have a large inventory to meet your needs. Shop our inventory 24-7 at nobodybeatsacannondeal.com or stop by our dealerships in Greenwood or Cleveland. Test drive the new sporty Chevy Malibu, the family-friendly Chevy Tahoe, and the strong Chevy Silverado. And remember, when the smoke clears, nobody beats a Cannon deal. Nobody. Chevrolet, find new road. If you own an SUV or light truck, finding the perfect tire just got a whole lot easier. Let Gateway Tire and Service Centers show you what the Geolander HT GO56 can do for your daily drive. Thanks to an advanced all-season compound and unique tread features, it is one of the longest-lasting light truck tires on the road. See them today at Gateway and find out about the 70,000-mile warranty. Check out the new Geolander HT GO56 at Gateway Tire and Service Center and see what could be the perfect tire for your light truck or SUV. Why get iPhone XS on the C Spire network? For that business trip to Chicago when your son sends a funny emoji. <laughs> For Aunt Ella's birthday where your iPhone XS dual lens camera takes the picture everyone wants. <laughs> get the most from iPhone XS with twice the nationwide LTE. iPhone XS and C Spire. For every moment. C Spire. Customer inspired. For a limited time, buy the latest iPhone. Get one on us. Details at cspar.com. Avanakin's diamond is chosen for its excellence, brilliance, and fire. Avanakin's mount is then chosen for its intricate craftsmanship and detailing. Whether the mount is a beautiful crafted piece from the past or a specially designed piece from the present, the results are the same. Wow. When you want to say forever, say it with class, say it with love, but most of all, say it with a Van Ackes diamond because you know she's worth it. Van Ackes Jewelers, store downtown New Albany or VanAckens.com. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline.
All right, welcome back to Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yo Hotline. We've got Ben Garrett now on the phone. Uh, correct, Will? We got him? Yes, sir. There's <laughs> Benjamin. Hey, Ben, what's up? Oh, I, I thought Will would play something better leading in than Van Halen, but okay. Actually, uh, it doesn't get better than Van Halen, so I don't know what you're talking about. Hey, <laughs> there you at, go. Least, at least it wasn't Van Hagar. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, like Sticks. If he played Sticks for me coming in, I'd probably want to kill myself, but here we are. <laughs> play REO Speedwagon. There How about you go. that? Hey, uh, I, will, um, I will not hear you disparage REO Speedwagon. There are some bangers from REO Speedwagon. <laughs> I hear you, yeah. brother. Hey, uh, um, Mr. Garrett, uh, first one or two little short comments on how you thought the Rebel football team progressed from Memphis to Arkansas. Well, defensively, they were every bit uh, as good as they were against Memphis. Still giving up a few big plays. I think they gave up 17 big plays a game last year. They're only giving up 16 this year. It's not a marketable difference, but um, – the run game defense has been tremendous. I mean, it's they're in the right places. They're getting regular pressure on the quarterback. And then I think that um, getting interceptions, forced interceptions, and, and playing in the secondary, in the secondary will get better. So, um, yeah, I like what they did defensively. Offensively, it's all about Matt Corral and that offensive line. The offensive line blocked well. And uh, you expect them to run with all that veteran leadership back there with Scotty Phillips. And I thought Jerry on Izzy really jumped off the tape. But if Matt's not performing – they're not going to be any good. And Matt was a heck of a lot better against Arkansas than he was against Memphis. So I thought it was a very encouraging thing. I don't know if it was more Ole Miss improving or Arkansas being that bad, but it doesn't matter because Ole Miss won, and that's the first SEC game it's won since it beat Arkansas last October. So <laughs> no matter what, you can take all you want. Ole Miss won, and that's the bottom line. Good good analysis. Uh, okay, let's, let's switch gears a minute. We've got Rich Rodriguez coming on at 630, so he can pick up the – football action here uh yeah i but, don't matter anymore when Richard's coming off well it, but something important was announced last week now baseball america said we got the second best uh recruiting class in the country 21 signees and uh i think quite a few really good baseball players so uh have at it buddy yeah it's a big deal um I know a lot of Ole Miss fans are going to roll their eyes because of the way it ended, but that team made a run to one game within Omaha, and that was a successful season despite all the ups and downs of that last season and the nature of it. But um, this class is important for replenishing what they lost, and they've got a number of guys who they're excited about and that should come in and make an immediate impact. And You start with a number of different freshmen, but for me, the two key guys that will help fill that lineup that lost so much punch are Kel Baker and Hayden Leatherwood, both junior college transfers. Kel Baker's from Wabash Valley in Illinois, and then Hayden's from Northwest Mississippi Community College. And Kel Baker's probably going to be their DH from day one, while Hayden Leatherwood, you would hope that he would fill one of those two corner outfielder positions from day one as well. Both can really hit. Um, and Kel, I think, was the junior college player of the year. So th- these aren't your typical JUCOs that you come in and you wonder, can they make an impact? No, these guys can hit. Um, they've been smashing ever, ever since they got to uh, the college level. So uh, I know that Ole Miss is really excited about them. And then from a freshman standpoint, there's a lot of upside. They're worried in the draft about Hayden Dunhurst and, of course, Jerrion Ely um, and Trey LaFleur, who the Dodgers made a real run at after drafting him in the 21st round. But they're getting all their signees in. And Trey LaFleur, he's a two-way guy. He could pitch, but they love his bat. 
and I think he'll find his way into the lineup pretty early. And then Hayden Dunhurst is going to compete to start a catcher immediately. So they have a number of guys that where they had needs, glaring openings, they have potential candidates to fill it. And not only is a Knox LaPosser going to be challenged by Hayden Dunhurst, but it provides depth for whoever loses that spot to where if they do have some struggles in the lineup, which they inevitably will because they lost so much, um, you can go to the next guy and see who performs. So bringing in competition and bringing in guys with such high upside in your freshman class, but also from a JUCO standpoint, it's probably, and I know it's going to be blasphemous to say considering what just left, but I would say inarguably um, on the same plane as that number one overall class. And quite frankly, I think this one might be deeper. So it's yeah, a, a big deal, it's a big class, and they had to go get it after all they lost. Ben, you know, for a trend for a while, Ole Miss was not signing true outfielders. You know, Ryan Olenek and, and Dillard and Golson and those guys played infield their career, but they signed eight outfielders in this class. And that that's what really caught my eye. And then he got three of the fastest in the country there, Connor Walsh, uh, John Ross Plumley, and, and Ely. I mean, what kind of outfield would that be? Um, just talk about, have you asked them why they went to the direction of recruiting true outfielders in this class? I think for them that the strategy, and you're right, has always been to take infielders as many good infielders as they can because they can always move. There's positional versatility in infielders and converting them to the outfield. And it's not just Ryan Olenek. It's a number of guys um, who have come in as infielders and ended up in the outfielder outfield like Will Golson was a center fielder despite starting as a second baseman. They do that regularly, but with this class, it was just a matter of getting the very best players available and the ones that could really hit, that they felt like were advanced in their hitting approach. And Connor Walsh, um, you're right, is a speedy guy that in the infield can probably help them immediately, but um, as far as Jerry Ely, they're going to wait and see. John Rice Plumley, same thing. They both believe that they can. They all believe that they both can help. But um, I don't think it was so much about what position they play as much as can they help us now? Can they help us hit? Because we know offensively we're going to take a step back. And you've so, got the constant of Tyler Keenan. Um, you have a number of guys that you like, but Justin Bench had a huge summer. But can you rely on Justin Bench immediately? I don't know. So let's go out there and get competition as far as bats are concerned. Um, at every single position, and that was the biggest concern. Can we put competition with Knox LaPosser? Can we give Justin Bench and uh, Justin Hall, all those guys, some competition to where no spot is guaranteed, let's just put the best offense offense together? Because over a short season in baseball, unlike in Major League Baseball, the defensive um, analytics tell you that it's a smaller sample to where you can hide your defense a little bit more. So maybe a Kale Baker ends up at first base. And that he might not be just a DH by trade, but if he ends up at first base and that's where he played in junior college, so be it. Give me the best bat. And I think it's the right approach for this team because offensively, we don't know what they have yet, but we do know that they have a myriad options to go out there and replace all the production balls from Thomas Dillard to Ryan Olenek and Greg Kessinger. And Cooper Johnson had a monster year last year when he put his numbers together over a full season. So, they needed options, and they went out and got it, and I thought it was the perfect strategy for what they're trying to do. All right, two quick questions. We've got about uh, three minutes here, Ben. Uh, I, I've never seen a, a football player, even like Sinquez Golson, ballyhooed, five-tool guy in baseball, come in and make a, a great impact. Do you see anything different out of Ely and Plumley, and also any of these signees, these pitchers, uh, got dominant-type stuff? 
Well, I'll start with the second one because it's the easiest one to answer. I think Derek Diamond's going to come in and, can be, and compete for a weekend rotation spot immediately. I really do. Um, now they have a glaring hole with that third starter after um, they lost so, so much in the draft. And um, Derek Diamond, I think, has the most upside of anyone else. And he was a plus-plus guy coming out of high school, great control, got a plus fastball. He's going to compete. At worst, he's going to be a midweek guy. And um, it doesn't need to be lost that Justin Fowler's gone. Um, Caleb Hill's gone. They've lost a lot of pitching, and not just through the draft. But um, the draft's where it really hurt them the most. So they need some impact guys to come in and help. And I think that Derek Diamond is the first person to start with. But um, Trey LaFleur could pitch a little bit, too. I think they more want to play toward his bat. But as far as John Rice pulling Jerry on Ely, it's interesting. You're right. Usually with two-way guys, ultimately you have to make a decision, right? You either have to play football or you have to play baseball. Very seldom do you see both guys – I mean, both – or a guy go play both sports and do them well. Seth Smith was able to do it, but he was backing up Eli Manning. He never played football. So baseball was his whole focus. Sinquez wasn't able to do it. Jerry has got a great bat, and they love him. Um, but he struggled a little bit of senior year of high school. Um, John Rice Plumley, they think that he took a big, big step his senior year to where he could help them. But are they going to get enough time to – acclimate themselves to baseball knowing how completely enveloped in football they are they're not going to be involved in fall ball that much they really won't be able to join baseball until january considering their football commitment so i think in the end it's a wait and see approach see what you got in january and if they can offer you something great if not whatever they're just happy to be able to have the option of using jerry on that was a guy that was a top 100 guy consensus going into senior high school so just to get him on campus You'll make it work. You'll figure it out. And at worst, he just flames out, goes and plays football. At best, you're talking about the next Kyler Murray for them. And that's how they view Jerry on Ely. And then John Rice Plumley, being a backup quarterback, it's a little bit different. Maybe he follows a Seth Smith-type trajectory. And if he does, if they get that, that's a major league baseball player. But, again, that's putting the cart before the horse. And for them, they're just glad to be able to have the option of seeing what they have they don't use those two guys against the scholarship which is 11.7 cap so they get a free shot these are lottery tickets for them and with Ole Miss baseball you will take those two lottery tickets which are about as good as they get uh any day of the week Ben thank you for your time buddy good stuff appreciate it all right bud see you guys Ben Garrett thank you Ben baseball guy for 247 sports works with I'm ready to see that team put together again with all these players this could be fun Rebel Flashback brought to you by Rebel Equipment. Over 50 years of serving the Memphis area with all your equipment needs. Located at 4890 East Shelby Drive. You can rent, buy, or have repaired all of your equipment at Rebel Equipment. I'm only flashing back two days to the 31-17 to win over Arkansas because of its importance. I'm hesitant to say this and hesitant to refute Coach Matt Luke, but this was as close to a must-win game this early in the season as I've ever seen. After the Memphis loss, a larger portion of the fan base was getting restless. The team needed a shot of confidence after losing their sixth straight game dating back to the last time the Rebels played Arkansas. And even though this is a very different team, losing is contagious. We've seen it before. The fact the Rebels won an SEC game, did it in convincing fashion, showed so much improvement from week one when they played poorly at Memphis and got a needed shot of adrenaline, confidence, momentum, and belief in the arm is huge. Certainly the road gets tougher. Certainly there's still plenty of work to do to be able to compete with some of the tougher teams in the schedule. Certainly there are no guarantees moving forward, but the victory over the Hogs was a sign of relief 
and at least gives them a chance to get something done they can. We as fans can be proud of. It was step one in the process of coming out of the quagmire we've been in for a long, long time. Hopefully step two is just around the corner in the form of more wins. Rebel Flashback brought to you by Rebel Equipment of Memphis, Tennessee. We'll be right back after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Motors Mississippi Rebel Yo Hotline. Hang tight. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. Hi, welcome back. Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. We are very excited to have... For the first time since he's been at Ole Miss yeah. on our show, offensive coordinator Rich Rodriguez. Rich Rod, how you doing, buddy? Doing good. Thanks for asking. Yes, sir. Hey, listen, I wrote almost exclusively uh, about improvement from game one <laughs> to game two. Uh, kind of, You kind of downplayed that a little bit, that angle a little bit today. You said there was improvement but uh, more is anticipated, expected, and needed. Did I interpret your comments correctly? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's hard not to improve a little bit over the, as bad as we were in the first game. But, uh, you know, <laughs> we, we have to stay the course. The young guys have, have worked hard. And, and we know every week is going to be a, a, a challenge in a lot of ways because it's going to be a lot of times these guys, it's going to be the first time they see something. You know, we, we prepare them during the week for the schemes and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, one thing about experience is when the guy's done it and been in the game and sees something new, he'll know how to handle it. And we got to do our job as coaches to prepare them the best we can for that. And they handled that better uh, in the last game, and I, I hope and expect that they'll continue to do that. Rich, let's start up front. Uh, you were able to run the ball, uh, protected Matt pretty well in the passing game, and really even imposed your will on Arkansas late in the game. It seemed to me like uh, – Talk about what those guys up front were able to do against the Hogs. Well, they, they did a good job. Um, you know, did a better job, of course, of seeing some different things. And, and uh, you know, the effort's always been there. I think part of the thing that, that was really pleasing, as you mentioned, there's times in, in key games when everybody knows you got to run it, uh, the other team knows you got to run it, and yet you're still able to run and get some key first downs and get a score. And that's that's the part that was probably the most pleasing about that game because there was time in the fourth quarter we just wanted to bleed the clock, keep the ball, and, and get another score. And everybody knows we're going to run it, and we were able to do that. And you know, it starts up front. It start, you know, our, our tight ends did an outstanding job uh, the entire game blocking, and our backs ran hard, and, and Matt made some good reads. So it was a combination of all those things, and that's something for us to build on. Talk a little bit about Nick Broker and, and Bryce Matthews, who both played some tackle uh, in that game and gave the starters a, a little rest. Uh, one's a freshman. Yeah, very rare one's... for a true freshman like Nick to, to come in and be able to contribute. He, he basically split time. Uh, so we kind of consider him a co-starter right now. And Alex Gibbons, uh, you know, just now getting into it because he missed all of camp. Uh, he's working himself into shape. And, and so – uh, Bryce did a nice job, and we're still got to find a couple more. I mean, it's a long season, and uh, you know we're we're pretty young up front, particularly backups. So almost all freshmen or, or retro freshmen, so we've got to get more guys ready to play. 
Coach, that was my next question. Who Who's your third guard right now? I mean, you, you've used those two guys, Newman and, and Ben, almost exclusively, hadn't you? Yeah, Bryce can play guard as well. Uh, Chandler Tua can play guard as well, and he's got some experience, and he'll be able to help us a little bit. And, and we got a couple of those freshmen. You know, we signed seven freshmen and six of them are practicing. And, and you know, a couple of them have got to be red-shirted, but a couple others are – I feel Jalen Cunningham's a big guy that um, we're hoping can help us at some point. He's he's been working pretty hard, so we we've got some guys. You know, the the hardest part is that you don't, you know, you, you get in baptism by fire, so to speak. You know, playing putting them in the game, and that's a that's a position where if you're inexperienced and you're not quite ready yet, you you can it's going to be a tough flooding, especially in this league. So, you know, we're, Coach McNeil does an outstanding job with them. Uh, we're lucky our head coach. Matt Luke is another old line guy that that helps us uh, with those guys, and and so they're that's like I said we're they're competing and they're working. And the thing I love their attitude, and and really all the guys on the team they're they're doing all they can uh, in order for us to have some success. And it's the first year in the system; it's the first time playing for a lot of these guys, and so they'll be okay. Talk a little bit about Matt Corral's advancements from game one to game two. It had a couple of plays that made me cringe a little bit, but overall yeah, much, much couple, better. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, several made me cringe as well. <laughs> I can't say what I said. But, but, uh, he's, I love Matt. He's a, he's a competitor. It's important to him. Uh, I sometimes forget that, hey, he's just a redshirt freshman, and he hasn't played a whole lot, and so he's learning as well. And he just sometimes he gets uh, you got to let the system come to him and, instead of trying to force the action. But that competitor in him come, sometimes comes out. But you know we've we've met a lot about it, talked about it, and and uh, he's you know he's a guy that uh, can do a lot of good things. Throwing the football, he's athletic and run, and he's a, he's a willing runner. Uh, we just got to get him you know, understand the system and let, let the plays come to him, so to speak. Coach, with Matt in the RPO, he kept it a lot more than he did against Memphis. Was that by design, um, or is that just him getting more comfortable carrying the ball? Just talk about that. Yeah, a little bit of both. I think some of it's how they're playing us, and then you know we, we've got you know Franklin let him loose a little bit. You know, it, there's some. You know, freedom within the play, not for him to change a play call, but there's probably three or four options on a majority of the play, uh, whether it's a run or a pass option. It's not all so-called RPOs. It's just kind of built in the system. And as Matt gets more and more experience, he'll understand which is the easiest option or the best option to take on each play. And that, that to me, again, is, is something that's really important to him. Uh, he's learning it. He understands it pretty well right now. But I'm, what I'm really excited about, he and all his other quarterbacks we have who are all freshmen are going to get better every week and every time that we we practice uh they get to practice the system and that's the exciting part right because they're all young guys coach you've been around as long as i have almost not quite but <laughs> have you ever had a had a situation where every quarterback was a freshman no i was trying to think about that doing this about 30 years and i don't know if i've you know and, and the same in this system i've never had a whole my whole room is full of freshmen, and uh, you know, I told them I can't afford to coach them like freshmen because they got to be ready to play. And I've been really pleased with their attitude. They're they're really intelligent guys, and and football is important to them, and they got some skills. And you know, you I sometimes got to make sure I remind myself, hey, these guys haven't played in college before. It's all kind of new, and and I got to pull back the reins a little bit. But at the same time, hey, it's big boy football. We got to get ready to go, and those guys want they want the challenge. 
Talk a, talk a little bit about the advancement of those other three freshmen. Yeah, uh, John Rice Plumley and Grant Tisdale and, and uh, Kincaid Dent all are battling it out. Um, you know, I feel pretty confident that they can do some good things when they get in there. Uh, obviously, you know, like I said, they're a true freshman, and, but they're seeing more and more true freshmen in college football play because they're so advanced coming out of high school. These guys were extremely well coached in high school, uh, and they, they're coming here with some base knowledge of football. So it's not like they're starting from scratch. I mean, they, they understand concepts. They understand it's just different terminology and a different system. But they came in with a great knowledge. It came in with really good fundamentals. And uh, the, the excitement that we have for them in the future, plus how recruiting is going, is, is really up there very high. And, and that's one thing I know our fan base is interested in. And we've got a lot of really good young players, but recruiting is going terrific. And that gets us really excited because some of the things that we'll maybe be lacking in depth now or, or spots that we need a little help in, it's coming. At running back, Coach, Scotty's your workhorse, obviously, so far. But you got four guys you're using, and you seem comfortable and confident in all of them. Yeah, Coach Nick Derrick does a great job with them. Uh, he's really got a good rotation going. Certainly, he's mentioned Scotty. He's he's uh, a veteran, you know, an experienced guy, an older guy, knows what he's doing, a really good talent, talented guy. And, then, you know, Snoop Connor and Darren Neely, we have two freshmen that are extremely talented and got a great uh, kind of base knowledge of, of what we want to do and going to keep getting better. And then Isaiah Warrior, there's another guy that we feel comfortable putting in there. And, and we could even put Ty Knight back there if we needed another running back. So that's probably, our, without question, our deepest position on offense. And we're trying to get all those guys an opportunity to play some. At tight end, you got Cooley. He can be a beast at times. Uh, and Pellerin is coming around as well. Uh, probably better than I thought he would. I think Calvin McGee's done a heck of a job with both those guys. He has. They're, and they're, I've been really proud of both of them. They're, they're both seniors. They've been around. They've played a little bit. And Jason Pellerin, he came as a quarterback and made the switch and has done a really good job. Uh, He's a talented guy, and then uh, Cooley's a big, big talented guy that's, you know, maybe one of the most physical blocking tight ends uh, there is in our conference, and he loves to play. And those two have given us a lot of options. You know, we've, you know, we did some two tight end sets in the first two games, and you know, when we when we spread people out, we don't have to take them out of the game because they have some receiver type skills, and uh, that that makes uh, gives us a few options there. At wide receiver, uh, at least against Arkansas, Drummond and Moore seem to be the guys stepping up the most right now. But, I mean, you know and I know we got to have more guys producing. Um, where, where's, he, where's that going to right now? I know you got Mingo and Sanders isn't healthy yet, but what about the two Jackson kids and Gregory? Yeah, they, um, you know, they're, we're getting a lot of them reps. You know, people realize how many, what, what we lost there. You know, we, didn't, we lost the top. You know, three or four guys are now playing on Sundays. We've got a couple more that, that left the year before for different places. And so, you know, that means that whole room is almost totally inexperienced. And Brandon Sanders, to get him back will help. Elijah's a, a proven commodity for us. But, you know, we got Miles Battle. I think it helped. But Mingo is a true freshman. It's really shown some great things. We're, I think he's poised for a great career. You know, DeMarc is going to – DeMarc will continue to play some and Jaden Jackson and – you know, Dennis um, is going to be able to play Dennis Jackson. Dennis has got some uh, really good speed, and he's still learning. So Coach Peeler is is, is kind of crash-coursing all those young guys because we got to have about 
seven or eight ready to play. And we're close to getting that many in some reps, but now we got to get them to produce at a high level. To expect them to do what, what DK and AJ and all those guys did before is a little bit much because those guys were, were unbelievable and veterans. But uh, we got a good crew, and uh, they'll be able to make some plays for us. Coach, you were talking about the versatility of playing two tight ends. I know those are both going to be seniors uh, this year. How big is it for you to replace those guys for next year, talking about recruiting-wise? Yeah, it is critical. You know, we, we've got to have we got to have some young guys. You know, that, you know, doing different personnel groups uh, and various formations is, is kind of where the game is going. It's certainly part where our system is going. And so uh, that's a very key position for us. You know, before, back in the day, and I probably didn't use the tight ends, you know, 25, 30% of the time. Now they're, they're probably in the game 70% of the time. So we're, you know, it's a big point of emphasis for us in recruiting, and, and we think that's going well for us. And Coach McGee, you know, has been with me for a long time. You know, he played tight end in the NFL, and he knows the system, and, and he's as good a tight end coach as there is in the country. So we're, still, we're in good shape there. Coach, uh, we know that Southeast Louisiana, uh, they have good skilled people on offense, but we don't know much about their defense. What what have you seen on film out of the next opponent? Yeah, they can make you look bad. I mean, they bring a lot of different blitzes. Uh, they bring they'll bring a corner blitz. They they do some different coverages. They'll get up in a bare front. Uh, they'll slant an angle. I'm sure they're going to do a lot of different types of field pressures and boundary blitzes, like we saw in the in the first game or two and. And uh, they're going to challenge it. They're going to make. They're going to make you execute. So, uh, I think it's important that our guys understand how how much respect we got to give our opponent, and they will. And how hard we're going to have to play. It's going to be hot out there. Uh, the team is going to come in there hungry because they had a they had an open uh, open week last week because the game was canceled. So, it's going to be a big test for our young guys. And we're playing a bunch of young guys on on offense, and they got to grow up in a hurry. Coach, I know you want to get Corral's many snaps as you can as quickly as you can to get really comfortable in the offense, but any chance we see any of those other freshman quarterbacks come in in a game like this if you get a big lead? Oh, if we get yeah, and I think any time if you have an opportunity to put them in and get some experience, that's that's a positive thing. We're just we go into every game it's like what do we gotta to do to win the game. And we're a little bit different maybe from the aspect that we are our second team, our thirteen quarterbacks take reps. And they take a lot of reps. So we, we rep our twos as much as we rep our ones. And that's a little bit different. Some people systems don't do that. We don't. We, we, we get two groups in equal number of reps, and our quarterbacks roll in uh, with the twos uh, quite a bit. So they get some experience in practice. but uh, And they're ready. Well, I think we're a couple of them. Uh, you know, John Rice and Grant in particular, I think, are ready to get in the game. And uh, we we got to have them ready to play at any time. Coach, we really appreciate your time. Um, I'm looking forward to Saturday, and we got that monkey off our back and got finally got a win after five or six losses in a row, even though this team <laughs> didn't, you know, didn't do that. It's still kind of been a bitter taste in our mouth. And appreciate your contributions and where the offense is headed. Uh, gave us a lot of hope last Saturday, and, and we certainly appreciate you being on the show. Well, appreciate it. Great talking with you guys, and, and hope to see everybody on Saturday. All right, buddy. Thanks, Coach. Take care. Okay. Coach Rodriguez. Howdy, Toddy. Howdy, Toddy. You can tell uh, he is a veteran of interviews, can't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I thought another interesting point was that he will bring in some some maybe uh, Plumlee and, and Tisdale if Ole Miss is able to gather that kind of lead that 
we all hope for. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see them come out there and see how they. Yeah, and, and not only them. I want to see more of Ely. I want to see oh, more yeah. of Snoop. I want to see more of uh, Dennis Jackson and Jaden Jackson and Miles Battle and Jackson brothers Mingo. I want to see who's going to be step up as that third guard. I hope that second team offensive line gets to play Saturday. And I'm not jumping to any conclusions that southeastern Louisiana is going to be a pushover by any means, particularly with our team. You don't know, you know, what's going to happen. But but if, like you say, I, I th- if. I think they are. Well, I, 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 want to see, I, I want to see Cunningham in there and see if he can yeah. fill that third Cunningham, spot. That's, uh, that's, a, that's a big thing to me. To it, uh, yeah, you know, put, put Bryce Matthews in there. Let let him play some guard. And Bryce see has played everywhere. I know what yeah. he could do, but I want yeah. to see some of these guys that haven't got any. Reps. I wouldn't mind seeing Bryce Ramsey play a little center. You know, I yeah. love. I personally, Yancey, I don't know about you, but I love this four game deal oh, for gosh. freshmen. I yeah. love it. I, know. I mean, you can still redshirt uh, after playing. Wish we'd have that for Cooley. He played what like. Uh, oh, two snaps you could name game. man you could name year, you could name 50 Countless, of them yeah uh, but I, I think the most glaring ever was Corey philpot remember he played like oh, yeah. four plays and lost a year well, that's what cooley did too his freshman year yeah. it makes me sick still. yeah but anyway um good good interview by rich rod he gave us a lot of good information there Not, nothing earth shaking but uh he 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 tells it like it is. He told us where the offense is in his mind. Yeah, we showed improvement, but by golly, we couldn't have gotten much worse. I love that quote because because that's right. That's honest. We couldn't have gotten much worse than Memphis. <laughs> There's no question. I, I like. Uh, I think. I think Corral keeping the ball on some of those RPOs there is going to open up the running game too for those running backs instead of everybody crashing in on, on the tailback on each play. I think the more he keeps it, the better that run game's going to be. Well, and I just want – I love seeing his comfort throwing the ball because he looked lost against Memphis. I mean, yeah, I hate to say it. his but, head was spinning. Yeah. He, he got put in a bad position too. Yeah. All right, we'll be right back after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yo Hotline. Hang tight. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. Welcome back to Cannon Motors Mississippi Railway Hotline, the last segment of tonight's show. That certainly wasn't Sticks or REO Speedwagon there, baby. <laughs> what are their best? <laughs> the Ole Miss Quarterback Club will meet this Thursday from 6.30 to 7.30 at the Library Sports Bar. Doors open at 5.30. Several door prizes will be drawn and free pizzas available. Non-members can join on their website at omqbclub.com or join at the door. Speakers this week. Tight ends coach Calvin McGee that Rich Rod was just talking about and cornerback coach Charles Clark will be the guest speakers. 
let's go to the control room with Matt, with Mr. Jack Schultz around the SEC, Mr. Wild. It's time for this week's report from around the SEC. Brought to you by Cheney's Pharmacy, home of the Ugly Mug Coffee and TCBY Yogurt. Located next to the library on Bramlett Boulevard. Life didn't get much better for the SEC in week two of this young football season. For the most part, SEC teams won the games they were supposed to win, but dropped several other disappointing contests. Vanderbilt dropped a 42-24 decision at Purdue early in the day on Saturday. And for the second week in a row, Tennessee was defeated at home in a game they were favored to win. BYU stunning the balls 29-26. Things are getting dire in Knoxville as Jeremy Pruitt desperately needs a win over Chattanooga at home this Saturday. Texas A&M, who had exhibited so much confidence heading into their game, were held to just one touchdown, falling at number one Clemson 24-10. The bright spot of the week for the conference was LSU knocking off Texas 45-38. The Tigers quarterback Joe Burrow finished the day 31 for 39 for 471 yards passing, four touchdowns and just one interception. Burrow was named the SEC Offensive Player of the Week. Missouri bounced back nicely with a 38-7 win over West Virginia. Kelly Bryant contributing three touchdown passes for the Tigers. Linebacker Nick Bolton was the Defensive Player of the Week in the SEC, contributing a game-high 10 tackles for Missouri. Matt Corral, Ole Miss's quarterback, was the SEC Freshman of the Week. Games to watch this upcoming week include Mississippi State hosting Big 12 foe Kansas State, Alabama travels to South Carolina in conference play, and Kentucky hosts number nine Florida. That's the latest news around the SEC. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you, Jack. Good job. Uh, any surprises to you in the SEC, Yancey, quickly? Uh, obviously, Tennessee falling flat on their face is kind of a surprise in a negative way. Um and you know I'm I was pretty impressed with Kelly Bryant up at Missouri this past Saturday, but they lost to Wyoming in the first game, so I don't know what to think of them. Yeah, I've been impressed with Kentucky as much as they lost last year. Now they haven't played hardly anybody, but I've watched, I've just had a chance to watch them play first two games, and I'm, I'm continue to be really impressed with that staff. All right, the good, bad, and ugly brought to you by Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville. If you need a four-wheeler, or side-by-side, or lawnmower, Big Delta Power Sports is the only place to shop. Brett Rousey and his staff will give you a great deal on the model you want with affordable financing and competitive prices. That's Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville. Well, good, last Monday, most of the good, bad, and ugly was bad and ugly after the humbling, bumbling loss to Memphis. But this week, after defeating Arkansas pretty handily, this will be mostly good news. The improvement on offense, particularly up front and at quarterback Matt Corral's slot, was not only needed, it was substantial, almost startling. It was a night and day difference from the Memphis game. The offensive line gave Matt time to operate the offense and gave enough holes for the running backs to keep the offense ahead of the change, which is the key to any tempo RPO system. In the second half, they flat wore down the hog defensive front and started dominating. How that happened in a week, I don't have a clue, but I was sure glad to see it. Scotty Phillips is really good with 145 yards rushing, and wide receiver Elijah Moore had seven catches for 130 yards and two scores. He was dynamic. Defensively, the improvement wasn't as drastic because they played pretty good against Memphis, but it was evident, especially in the pressure put on the hog quarterbacks. They were under duress most of the night. The run defense was solid as well because 
Rakeem Boyd is a really good running back, folks, and he didn't get much going all night. Also, there's a confidence and momentum angle here. It's been nearly 11 months since the Rebels have won a football game. Hopefully this good win will be something they can build on. There's still a lot to do, but at least this was a good start toward doing something positive this season. Here's also a shout-out to the fans as well. After the Memphis loss, some people were predicting 30,000 Rebs would be at the Reb Hall game. Nearly 50,000 showed up, and the atmosphere was pretty darn good. Of course, the team gave the fans something to cheer about, too. The bad, well, Momo Sonogo being lost for 10 weeks, most likely the whole season, certainly is bad. He's important to this defense, but it was pleasing to see Willie Hibbler, Dante Evans, and Jacquez Jones step up in his absence. Make no mistake, though, this is a bad loss, but those others showed they had the potential to take up the slack. The Good, Bad, and Ugly brought to you by Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville. Yancey, give me a little prediction for Saturday. we got about one minute, I think. I'm going to go 55 to 10. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was pretty darn close on this game. After one win, you're going to go 55-10? Well, it is southeast Louisiana. I understand that, but we are still With the young. the record last year. I, we are still young, and we've still got a lot to they're do, They're going to jump brother. on them hard, Chuck. Well, I hope so, and and uh, that'd be good to empty the bench in the second yes. half. And let's see some of these guys we've been talking about tonight. I want to see them play. I know everybody wants to see that Plumley back there too. No question. All right. Well, we'll see you next Monday night. Hopefully, talking about another big win for the Rebels uh, against Southeast Louisiana at 3 p.m. in Vault Hemingway Stadium. Good night, everybody. Howdy, toddy. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.